Moving on, Mama. This is a show about helping mature women plan their long-term care options with host Emmeline L. Glenn. Greetings, and welcome to episode two of Moving On, Mama: Long-Term Care Planning. I'm Emmeline Glenn. I hope life is treating you well, and the weather is nice wherever you live. Here in the upstate region of sunny South Carolina, it's a nice summer's day with low humidity, which is a good thing, wouldn't you say? So to recap from episode one, we talked about mature women, you mamas out there, wanting to overcome the fear and procrastination that tend to go hand in hand with long-term care planning and learning from specialists in the legal, financial, and healthcare fields who will help you to do this. However, before I present our guests on subsequent shows, we will talk about what long-term care is, when you need it, and where you get it. Additionally, we will explore six long-term care funding options with one option per show, beginning with today's show. By the end of episode six, you should have a working knowledge of ways to implement and fund your long-term care plan. Conceptually, these first six episodes are informational in scope so that you can better understand some of the long-term care funding strategies that will later be shared by our upcoming featured guests. You can then determine what funding option works best for you or that you wish to discuss with your legal, financial, or healthcare person. I also want to note that these first six episodes will be shorter in duration and our time will increase to approximately 35 to 40 minutes as we begin having our guests. So let's begin with a basic understanding of what constitutes long-term care. Long-term care involves a range of, of services and supports you might require to meet your personal care needs that are custodial or assistive in nature. For example, you might need help with your activities of daily living that include bathing, dressing, toileting, transferring from bed to chair, eating, or caring, you know, or incontinence. These are known as your ADLs or activities of daily living. You may also need help with performing regular chores or routine activities like housework, managing money, taking your meds, cooking and cleaning, grocery shopping, using a phone, or things of, like that. These are known as your IADLs, or instrumental activities of daily living. When is long-term care needed? Well, it's usually determined by the observations of a physician, nurse's practitioner, nurse, or medical social worker, or for, or for, that, med, for that matter, any other healthcare professional experienced in long-term care assessment. ADLs are usually the determining factor. Unlike acute care where you are tended to by skilled specialists for short treatment in a hospital, rehab facility, uh, facility or doctor's office, um, and the purpose for that for acute care is to restore you to baseline line functioning, long-term care helps you tr to cope with a reduced level of cognitive or physical functioning over an extended period of time or indefinitely. Where do you receive long-term care? Most often, your care is provided in your home or that of your caregiver. 
Your caregivers are usually non-professional, informal, and unpaid family members, friends, or paid home health aides. Care can also be community-based with, uh, well, care can be community-based as in senior centers, utilizing Meals on Wheels, or care can be provided by residential facilities such as assisted living, retired communities like independent living facilities, and skilled, skilled care nursing homes. According to AmericanActionForum.org, 24 million of the population, mostly women, will need long-term care by 2030 due to acquiring disabilities, chronic or, or accidental, that might occur as the aging process continues. As I mentioned in the first episode, long-term care planning and its costs are your out-of-pocket responsibilities. Um, if you live in the United States, particularly. As a medical social worker, I cannot tell you how many of my clients think that they already have long-term care through Medicare. They and many others believe Medicare pays for, for both short and long-term care. They are really surprised when I let them know that this is not the case. Again, it's worth repeating, the government will not take care of you unless you are poor enough to qualify for Medicaid, and even then, the choices for care are limited in scope if you aspire toward an enhanced quality of life. Similarly, just as many women believe that their spouse will take care of them, or they simply won't need long-term care services at all, but the statistic does not support this way of thinking. That being said, let's talk about our first option to funding long-term care, beginning with self-funding. Self-funding refers to paying out of pocket for your custodial care. You can do this in several ways. One, for example, is by using your income savings and assets to pay for your care. Another would be to use your home as equity. Today, one to five million dollars is the figure to consider for self-funding long-term care. Who is a candidate for self-funding long-term care? You might be, particularly if your net worth is high and you choose this option deliberately. You can also be a candidate out of necessity due to crisis planning. However, if by choice, then you should consider things like your health status, family history, longevity, and available assets and resources that you have at your disposal. More importantly, it would be wise to sit down with a specialist to determine if long-term care funding is in your best interest. Most sources on self-funding care advise against it, stating the exorbitant cost of long-term care services, the randomness associated with your ability to pay, and jeopardizing a financial legacy for your heirs as reasons not to select this option in financing long-term care. But again, that is your choice. Now let's talk about home equity. What is home equity? It's the most important financial asset a homeowner has based on the value of their home after any mortgage amount owed or other liability has been subtracted. Home, home equity can be beneficial for those of you who own your, your home 
or who have mostly paid it off. A reverse mortgage is a popular way that you can draw on home equity. It is a special type of home equity loan where you can use the value in home ownership as a way to access cash without having to sell your home. To qualify for a reverse mortgage, you have to be age 62 or older. There are different types of reverse mortgages that can provide immediate, immediate cash for those caught up in crisis funding for long-term care or for those that deliberately choose this option to fund long-term care expenses. Either way, you should educate yourself to the fullest extent of how these types of loans work because they can be complicated and you can easily end up being the loser. A home equity line of credit is another way to utilize home equity. How does a home equity line of credit also, well, the, the um, it's also referred to H-E-L-O-C, and think in your, in your head, HELOC. How does, it, how does uh, HELOC work? Well, it's a type of loan using your home as collateral that you can draw from to cover expenses. The duration of the loan is typically over a 10-year period, but it depends on the terms you decide on with your financial provider. Again, whether or not you choose to self-fund long-term care through financial assets or home equity, it would be wise to consult with a specialist to help you make sure you are making the best choice. Well, again, we're, we should really remember that, uh, that, that uh, funding, funding standard of one to five million dollars as a minimum figure uh, for self-funding long-term care. I see a lot of you out there shaking your head in disbelief or sheer weariness, but you have to remember that this is the United States and um, it is the world's highest medical uh, expenses if you live here. But there is something to be said about having to put a price tag on the effects of aging that you can't do anything about beyond living as healthy a lifestyle of which you are capable. But Things happen in the aging process that nobody can control, and you will suffer greatly if you cannot afford the required custodial care to fit your needs. You're caught in the middle if you're not closer to that $5 million range, and not even close at all to Medicaid eligibility. For some of your mamas, Self-funding long-term care might have once been an option for you, barring the financial crisis of 2007-2008 and, and the following recessions, where your financial investments and retirement savings took a mad dive. Hopefully, you've recovered from recovered much of what you may have lost financially. But now, a decade later, there's COVID-19 wrecking havoc on your finances to where maybe you just can't play catch up. I mean, think about it. You did everything right by being practical and disciplined in your spending habits. You worked hard to get a good education, secured a good job, and maybe even married the right person that joined you in, in investing heavily in growth securities, investment shares, properties, and the like, so that both of you could retire comfortably leaving more than enough for your kids or other family members when your day was done. Now you're having to wonder where it all went wrong to where you most likely don't have the option of self-funding long-term care. Remember, though, 
With no plan in place, you may be one of those with no other choice than to self-fund or lose everything you worked so hard for. Please join me next week for episode three of Moving On Mama, where we will discuss traditional long-term care insurance as a second option for long-term care planning. Thank you so much for listening to You have been listening to Moving On Mama, Long-Term Care Planning with Emmeline L. Glenn.